Hey y'all, it's Lauren. And it's Emma. And you're back for another week of community. Episode four. Wow. Four episodes. A whole month of episodes. <laughs> it's exciting. It's a whole month's worth. I know we did it. Yeah, we did it. How are you this week? Um, I'm doing well. We um, You look very uh, springtimey, summery. Thank you. Glowing. I'm really trying to bring the summer glow yeah. without the um, the summer sun. So I'm real big on um, sunscreen mm-hmm. and <laughs> hats and covering everything and everybody kind of makes fun of me, but listen, we know the deal. But when you get like 55, your skin is going to be flawless and then I mean, I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, also, this is, like, kind of a weird way to start the episode, but skin cancer runs in my family, so I'm also, like, yeah, it's, like, not great, but yeah. it's also one of those things where you're, like, well, if I have a predisposition for something, like, why would I be out here just, like, frying my skin? That's the like, pragmatist that feels, in you. I'm such a pragmatist. You are. I am. Queen of them. Queens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the week is going well. Um, just wearing my sunscreen mostly and <laughs> trying to enjoy the weather. <laughs> oh, that's why you're glowing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? How was your week? It was good. It's a good week. Um, lots of stuff going on this week. Just just busy at work, whatever. Um, and in the midst of that, I took my first active meditation class this week. Please tell me what that is because I don't know. It was crazy. It was. I've never had an experience like that before. I kind of had this thing this week of like, wellness and like tuning in to myself just because um I don't know in the when it gets crazy you just you just feel like there's like a whirlwind around you and sometimes you just got to center yourself so one of my girlfriends was like come to this active meditation class with me and I was like okay (laughs) and so I went to it and it was actually pretty crazy um and they take you through all these like different um sessions or parts of the session and the one that stood out the most to me was like you like touch your seven chakras, so we mm. move through seven chakras, and then when you do, you like, I can't. I'm gonna do the sound. It's gonna sound crazy. You go I, like, I'll I'll narrate. You go like, <gasps> like she's holding her stomach. I'm holding. She does this. <laughs> you go like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so you do that like on your different chakras. Yeah. And when I got to like the fifth chakra which is the one that's like right under it's like the middle of you right under your I guess ribs or breastplate mm-hmm. it was crazy because you know you're like doing this like chanting motion it's like this loud music in a room you're mm-hmm. in a room with like 15 other people mm-hmm. you have blindfolds on which I forgot to mention oh. and you get to these chakras and you start like really it's like you're like letting some things mm-hmm. go from the chakra I didn't feel any kind of way when I went in there, but while I was doing it on the fifth chakra specifically, or fourth, whatever number it is, um, I started to get emotional. Mm. Like I felt like I wanted to cry, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't cry, but I just felt like I wanted to, and it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, what was I holding on to, or like what was inside of me yeah. that needed to be released?" And I didn't even realize. Right. It. I don't know. It, it was it was wild. That's cool. I came out of there really being like, wow, so like, am I holding on to things? Mm-hmm. And I don't even realize it, but it makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Oh, we're all like beings. Uh. Yeah, there's like that whole world of like energy work. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, as you said, I'm a pragmatist. So there was a part of me that was always like, I, I mean, like you're going to you're going to put your hands near my energy centers and like what something like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a little too like woo woo. Yeah. But I have a friend who practices Reiki and is mm-hmm. studying to 
um, to do it more. And so she did a Reiki session for me once. And earlier that week, for the first time ever in my life, I had started to have like pain in my knee. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. But didn't think, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to pass. It's whatever. So she did the Reiki session. I like fell asleep, honestly, because it was like relaxing and it was nice. And then she was like, you know, everything seemed really good. I just felt something above your left knee. And I was like, what? And you didn't even tell her? I didn't tell her. She had no idea. That's crazy. Like, I've had other things that people know about in my body Mm -hmm. that I talk about. I had never mentioned it to anybody. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. So then I I stopped writing it off because I was like, okay. It's energy. I mean, we are beings. We are. Okay, I'm not going to go down. You know know I can go all day. But we are like, we are nothing but like mass we are molecules mm-hmm. and like all these things put together anyway i won't go down that path because i will this, the whole episode will be about that okay so let's go ahead and get into the show uh, and talk about what we're sipping on what are you sipping on this week emma so as we record this it is june 1st which is the first day of pride month happy pride, happy pride everybody yes um and so uh this year is world pride it is the 50th anniversary of the stonewall uprising in new york city and so new york city is hosting world pride so i'm um, just expecting a lot of like very fun celebratory events yeah honoring lgbtqia plus like progress over the past 50 years yeah. um in terms of like rights and right, and right. being able able to really for people to just like be who they are Mm -hmm. um the progress and obviously there's a ways to go um both globally and nationally right right. um but locally new york city we're like making strides so um they are going to build a monument to two trans women of color oh wow that's crazy Yes, Marsha Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. So they um, advocated for homeless LGBTQ youth and those affected by mm. HIV um, and, and other things sure, as well sure. and are just kind of these icons both within and outside of the their communities. And so um, New York City is going to build a monument um, to them. And so it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And it's also part of a, a wider effort in New York City to um, reconcile the fact that we have a lot of monuments in New York City Mm-hmm. But like the vast majority of them are for men. Sure, yeah. And so they're actually also separate from this one are going to do others as well that honor different women throughout oh. history. And I think it's really cool that they're also being intentional about including trans women mm-hmm. um, in that as well. So I think that's, cool. that's a great way to kick off Pride Month. Yeah. I think it really shows that even when there might be stuff going on nationally that is um, not furthering this is a nice way to say it right not furthering the rights of um trans folks in the u.s it's for me it's really nice to know that new york city is still um you know not only just making sure that they're holding people's rights but also honoring them in ways that are celebratory right as well so that's really cool i mean so i'm sipping on that i think that's actually really inspiring you know because there's so Every time we look at the news, we're like, it feels like we're taking a couple of steps back. or every, yeah. not, And not even looking at the news. I mean, literally just stepping outside our door sometimes. It's yeah. like we're taking so many steps back. But it's always good to have these, it's those bright spots or, or like little peaks of hope <laughs> that we're moving mm-hmm. forward. So that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. And timely. It is. And I think just like the tea for everybody is that like, <laughs> We are generally not for things that curtail people's rights. Right. So, yeah, just, like, just in general. if you're here and you're like, like that's that's our hot take, yeah. which is that like that to us that is a step back. Yeah. So we're yeah. all for making sure everybody's got their rights Absolutely. and can be their full selves Absolutely. at all times. Yeah. Yeah. What are you sipping on? That's awesome. 
So I kind of have a theme this week. Okay. Uh, you know, I felt like the whole energy self-care thing going on. I'm like doing this weird body roll while I do that. <laughs> she is. I'm going to have to narrate this whole thing. <laughs> I don't know where that body roll came from, but we're going to go with it. Um, and... I saw a story. I saw a story this week about Kit Harrington, aka Jon Snow, going to rehab this week, mm. and it just talked about how he was in this rehab facility in Connecticut, and that it was for like exhaustion, stress, and alcohol. And I was like, I mean, that's literally a lot of people every day. <laughs> but so true. Yeah, yeah, and and it just made me think. I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, Jon Snow, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I was reading this article. And honestly, if your identity has been tied up into this character, this show, this thing, whatever it is, for so many years, after it's done, I could I can only imagine like what you go through and how you have to like I guess like refine yourself or re like retap into yeah. who you are and, and like what's actually going on. Um, and so that just kind of stuck out to me because. I just feel like in this day and age when we have the Instas and, and everything mm-hmm. we can need at our fingertips, we see pieces of everyone's life and it challenges us or it's challenging for us to see all that and then like still understand who we are in the midst of everything. Yeah. And I kind of, I don't know, I, I had mixed feelings because I saw this article and I was like, oh my God, Jon Snow. But then I saw like some responses to it and people were like, oh my God, he's going to rehab, he's been drinking alcohol. And it's like, I mean, it's hard out here. Yeah. Like, I mean, wh- I don't know what I would do if my, my whole identity was tied into one thing, one person, right. one project for that long. Mm-hmm. And you have to give everything. And those of you who watch Game of Thrones know that Kit Harrington gave everything to that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can only imagine what goes on in his head or in his spirit yeah. and, and how he's feeling right now. So I saw that and it made me just, I don't know, think about like how important it is for us to, um, I guess, co- be connected with ourselves or try to stay connected with our inner selves yeah. uh, despite everything going on around us. Right. Uh, because who knows at any given point when we're going to need to really take that step back to figure out who we are. Yeah, and it also seems, I mean, I know the internet can just be crazy, but it's like when people are like, I am struggling and I need to get help, like we need to stop going at them for going to get help. Like maybe his problems, quote unquote, are not as like bad as other people's, but like people should just be able to, you know. Right. The idea isn't that then those people shouldn't get help. It's that everybody should be able to have access to get yeah. whatever help that they need. Yeah. Like, why do we go at people right. for that? Well, and then I feel like they were trying to, they by they, just like general yeah, internet yeah, yeah. people. The internet. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they is. They're like, oh, well, it was $120,000 a month facility. And it's like, well... I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a celebrity. I don't see him checking into any other place that is for, like, everyone else. Like, you know, like, they were trying to yeah. kind of, like, shame it. Like, it was $120,000, and it was this place in Connecticut, this luxury retreat. And it's like, I'm pretty sure the fact that it's luxury is, like, the last thing on his mind. I mean, I don't know this man, right. but... Also, like, wouldn't it be great if everyone who needed help could go to Hello? a luxury retreat? Like, <laughs> why are we trying to LCD it? Like, let's just try to get more people access to the luxury yeah. retreats. Yeah, Well, and then that made me think about something else, about how so often... Well, it, it kind of... It was, like, twofold. It was like, oh, don't shame that man. But then at the same time, it's like, damn, like, there are a lot of people who don't have yeah. access to... 
not even just a luxury retreat, but just to therapy in general. Yeah. Um, or maybe they can't. Even, maybe they don't even know what it would take to tap into being able mm-hmm. to say, okay, what do I need mm-hmm. to do? Who do I need to see? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to be good for me? So, I don't know. I saw that in the news this week, and yeah. it just made me uh, really think about keeping in mind that. A, it is okay for people to say that they are going through things mm-hmm. and that they need help with it, and it is not our business or our right to shame them or mm-hmm. make them feel some kind of way about saying they need help mm-hmm. or, or whatever method of help they right. feel is right for them. That's their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then B, really thinking about how people who aren't Kit Harrington yeah. um, and don't have $120,000 to drop on therapy yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know a luxury retreat, rehab, whatever, um, how hard it is for those people and how we have a long way to go in um, giving access to everyone to be mentally and spiritually uh, healthy. I mean, even physically for that damn matter. Mm-hmm. But. Also, see, it made me feel a little bit bad about my strong reaction to Game of Thrones last I know. season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't like an internet troll or yeah, anything. Yeah. I wasn't out there posting things, but I was like, okay, well, I mean, it is just a show. So yeah, maybe right. I should just right. tone that down. Right. It's bit. like, okay, like, I get it, but this man is out here, like, <laughs> yeah, like really struggling, which, like, might not be because of the internet sure, reactions, sure. but I also was like, oh, shoot. I feel like it doesn't help, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, so. All right, going into our next segment, which is our impact influencers. Um, And these are folks who we've seen on the internet, we've seen on TV, we've heard stories, who we know personally or who we've heard through the grapevine that are doing um, cool things in their community, in their community, for their community, and things we just want to highlight. Cool. I'll start. All right. So my impact influencer is somebody that I randomly met at an event. Mm. Um, It was a rooftop um, bar situation, which is like not my, not my usual thing. I got invited by somebody, but, and her Insta handle is bar babe of Brooklyn. Um, she herself is lovely, really nice, like super friendly. I actually said to her, um, at the end, I was like, you know, usually when I meet people at events, I'm kind of figure out like, how do I get out of this conversation? (laughs) But that was like, not the case. We pretty much talked to her the whole time we were there, but she runs this Instagram um, bar babe of Brooklyn and so she goes around to different bars restaurants um, tries the drinks you know posts about them um, basically like what are the spots you should be going to mm-hmm. like what's cool what drinks are great mm-hmm. um, and then the the reason I wanted to highlight her as an impact influencer is that she also focuses in on businesses that are owned by women and people of color mm. in Brooklyn um, and because of a lot of gentrification in New York City yeah. um, those businesses tend to be ones that might be more likely to um, you know have their yeah. rent raised so high that then yeah. they have to leave especially if they've been around for a long mm-hmm. time um, and or just like highlighting that because often those are not the places that get the spot like right. in the New York magazine or right, whatever right. it is right um, so I thought that was really cool um, and she herself again was just like really lovely and it's also a great way to just like learn about different places in Brooklyn and be able to like support like yeah. for us to be able to support our community or places we didn't even know existed because New York just has so many restaurants and so bars many. it's like pretty incredible yeah so um, yeah so I just wanted to highlight her again it's like at bar babe of Brooklyn oh, um, definitely support her and um, her work like she's out there drinking the drinks for us letting <laughs> us know what's up <laughs> so we appreciate I love that. it um, yeah that's it so you go know, follow her I love that because I, as an avid Yelper yeah um, I really appreciate someone's take on their experience, and especially this seems like a very um, 
niche take on an experience and she's coming from a place of like this is why you should try this restaurant these are the owners this is the background on this mm-hmm. um, I think that's really cool because a lot of times even if you do Yelp a lot of times you're going to go through like 125 different bars mm-hmm. and by the time you get to the third one you're like alright we'll just go to that mm-hmm. one and there's a lot that gets missed in that Definitely. especially with gentrification yeah. because a lot of the people moving to the neighborhoods they're moving to aren't necessarily going to the places that have been there for 50 years Definitely. they want like the new hot trends yeah you know whatever so yeah. that's that's super cool yeah and she like i mean she does her work like i she did a post about the place that we were at and like you know we had just all been talking and having yeah. drinks and the post was like so detailed and had info about all yeah. the drinks and all of this and i was like damn she was doing all of that kind of like mm-hmm. while we were having this conversation like it wasn't just like i had a good drink at a bar look at this drink you know yeah. it was like details and information and like what's in the drink you know she really like really took it to that level and she has a website too you know it's legit so definitely uh, check it out cool Cool. shout out to bar babe yeah um all right so my impact influencer this week uh is a woman named christina rice and she is the founder of a black travel wellness community called om noir so that's o-m noir n-o-i-r-e so this is a wellness retreat uh, that is like international. They she's gone. She's had like these retreats like all around the world. Um, most recently, I saw she had a post for something happening in Grenada, uh, and I think there was one in Arizona a while ago. Um, and so basically, these retreats have yoga classes, reflective seminars. They have like life coaching, personal branding, and it's tailored towards black women or women of color, I should say, to have these like safe spaces to go to, to just like unwind and really connect with women who are like them. And um, it's really cool because it really gives uh, women of color a a space, like a safe, comfortable um, space for women of color to really talk about things that they wouldn't necessarily have the space for, you know, in every day. Uh, And just a little bit about Christina. I actually heard her on Amanda Seals' podcast. She was talking about um, her background, and she used to be like a PR executive. Cool. And essentially, she just got so, she was like doing it, right? Like she was like out there in the music industry, being whatever, doing whatever PR executives in the music industry do. Um, and she essentially got burnout. Mm. And so she realized, like, I am running around here. I'm doing everything for everyone. And she was she needed to find her center. And she was saying how when she went to different yoga classes and started practicing, she realized she was often, like, the only woman of color, specifically the only black woman in a lot of these spaces. And as she began practicing, she realized, like, how much it actually changed her and influenced her day-to-day and her mental and emotional wellness. And she was like oh my God, like this is this is something that's needed. This is something that's necessary. And, sh- and so she started Om Noir. And um, I heard this story, I heard her speaking about it and it just like resonated so much with me because so oftentimes as women and more specifically as black women, we are, we you know, we're super women, right? Like mm-hmm. black girl magic and like we're making everything happen. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we are still human, mm-hmm. you know? And really taking the time, like we carry so, so much. You know, everyone has their struggles and everyone has their issues, but as a black woman, like, we carry a lot, you know, and not to say other people don't, but we carry a lot, and and we have a lot on our shoulders, and we just go day to day, and we're able to be resilient, and we're able to just, like, put the face on and go out there and still slay, but 
when do you let it go? Like, when do you release everything you're carrying? Right. Um, and I, and that's something that resonated me, with me with that active meditation class because I was like, I wasn't even feeling no kind of way today. Mm-hmm. I was coming because my girlfriend was like, come with me to this class. And lo and behold, there was something that needed to be released that I didn't even realize. And right. so, so anyway, I saw this uh, initiative. I saw her company, uh, Omnoir, and it just I just think it's like an amazing thing. And she actually gave another example of how um, – Aside from, like, the yoga and the personal branding, like, that's great, too. But just being around, like, other women of color who are going through some of the same things that you don't necessarily have the space to talk about on the day-to-day. Like, yes, you can go to drinks with your girls or happy hour or whatever or, like, have a night in, whatever, Mm -hmm. dinner. There's something really amazing about stripping yourself of everything around you. Um, no email, you know, no responsibilities that you have to worry about at that moment and just really connecting with someone that may be going through the same thing. Even as something as is something as less heavy as like, I cannot get this 4C hair to curl correctly. Mm-hmm. And I'm using Ampro style gel and it's still not laying down, which is actually a actual problem of mine. So if anyone has like <laughs> my hair does not lay down with any kind of gel. So if anybody has any recommendations, but no, so I think that's just like a really good, really great initiative. And she really saw how her journey affected her and was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I cannot be the only black woman, woman of color going through this and mm-hmm. feeling this like lack of access to these things. So right. shout out to Christina. Um, her IG, which these will be in the show notes, but her IG is Christina M. Rice. And her IG for Omnoir is at O-M-N-O-I-R-E. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and um, dive in. What are we talking about today, Emma? Today we are talking all things volunteering. So we want to go through some things that you should uh, know when you are thinking about Mm -hmm. and or doing Mm -hmm. volunteering, whether that's individual, group, corporate, um, anything like that, Mm because that is the experience that both of us have. Right. right. Um, And we have some kind of uh, good tips for you all, because volunteering is quite the hot... Hot take. Hot take right now. Everybody's in it. Um, And there are are ways to really think about how you can do it in the most impactful way um, and how you can really work as a partner um, with the organizations that you're working with. Yeah, so I guess, like, first we can start with, like, like what it can look like. Because I think so oftentimes volunteering is associated with, like, a soup kitchen, food pantry, donating clothes, which is all those things. But volunteering can look like so many different things. I mean, you can literally, anything you can think of that you are doing for free Mm -hmm. for someone or a business or an organization. Yep. Is volunteering. Yep. Whether it's called volunteering or not, yes. it is volunteering. Um, and so because of our backgrounds and because this is our day-to-day work uh, with us both working in um, volunteer engagement and corporate social responsibility, we see, we've seen a lot and we've also gotten a lot of um, questions or inquiries about how folks can I don't know, do good in their communities or for their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess one thing that I that always comes to mind with me, like when folks are starting, t- when folks like come to me or mm-hmm. come to, or like asking my advice on like what they should do, even outside of work, um, I always want the first thing I always tell them is to believe nonprofits or the organizations when they tell you what they actually need. Yes. And so by that I mean, you know, let's say you're looking for an opportunity on a certain day at a certain time. 
doing a certain thing and then you reach out to who you think you do want to support and they tell you they don't need that or maybe the the time frame is a little bit longer or maybe it's not on a Saturday but they really need it on a Tuesday believe them when they're telling you when they need your support right because uh, I know a lot of times we want to support in our free time and support what works best for us but we really have to keep in mind that if we are lending our services it's really about what the organization needs definitely and I think it that speaks a lot to the idea of believing that nonprofits are experts in their own like yes. experience and programs and what they need um, and you know, the same way that, like, I don't think I'm an expert in banking, but I think some bankers might be experts in banking, <laughs> right, right? right? So when they're like, here's what we need you to do to move X, Y, Z, you're like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, nonprofits, like, they know yeah. um, what they need. They just do. I mean, we're nonprofits essentially are, like, always kind of doing, whether it's formally or informally, like, yeah. needs assessments of, yeah. like, what, what resources do we still need to get done, the things that we need to get done. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I don't mean that, like, because I'm not trying to seem like, don't ever ask for anything other than what they tell you. But, you know, just, like, things like when they tell you these shifts are three-hour shifts and they're between this specific time, the shifts are a certain amount of time for a reason. Like, just believe that the number of people, the uh, length of time, like, has been figured out. You know, it's let's say it's three hours because there's no way you can serve 150 clients mm-hmm. a hot meal in just two hours when you have to set up and clean up. Right. You know, so I'm not saying that you can't see if there's something that fits into what works best for you. But uh, just keep in mind that if you're really wanting to give your time um, and your talent to someone, it may not always align with what works for you, and that's okay. And it's okay to try to find something else that does work for you. Right. But just, you know, keep that in mind. Yes. Something I think about, too, as something who has, someone who has led um, many of drives for young children. And for those of you listening, a drive is like something like um, a toy drive or a backpack drive. And that's when you reach out to the community or reach out to different people and ask them to collect certain things for a certain population. And um, I've led a lot of drives, uh, different kind of drives for kids, Um, most if not all of the kids in low-income areas who are in transitional housing, a.k.a. homeless students. And whether it be for backpacks or for toys or hygiene products, whatever, if the organization is telling you what kind of items that they need and they say new or unopened, please only send new or unopened items. Uh, I know that sounds like kind of like, wait, obviously, but I feel like it's people have like really good intentions and they say, Mm -hmm. oh, well, like here's something that's still good. It may be still good to you, but if it's like open and used, I don't really even have anything to add. I I mean, that's just the the truth, which is that, you know, if you think about what it's like to receive that on the other end and what that feels and what that looks like for somebody, um, you know, the intention might be great, but... Um, you know, the person on the other end yeah. doesn't want your used hair product. They, mean, first of all, they don't know who you are. I know. They don't know where it came from. I, I wouldn't know. use something if I didn't know Absolutely where it came from not. and it was used, Absolutely you know? So, not. like, other people yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep that in mind. And this is, and again, this is not where it's like, don't do this, don't do this, or you're a bad person if you've done it before. 
totally fine. And mm-hmm. look, there are some organizations that do ask for like gently used items, which yeah, is totally fine. Definitely. But if you see some, like if you're donating something and it says new or unopened, just be sure it's new or unopened. Yeah, and if it says gently used, make sure it's gently used. <laughs> I mean, you know, when because basically organizations, let's say it's a coat drive or something, and it's yeah. a gently used coat. You know, we have to look through everything and make sure that it actually is gently used. And yeah. if not, it goes to another place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that just, again, kind of like adds to the work that happens on the nonprofit end to keep things um, moving and flowing. So if we can um, cut down on some of that, I yeah. think that's really helpful as well. Yeah. That's actually a good point of realizing how when you do donate something that wasn't really asked for, Understand that you are creating more work for the yes, nonprofit. Right. Um, we then have to figure out how yep. to take the items that we can't use and get them to another place. Right. Um, because I don't know, like for you, but we don't throw things out. No. Like it has to be really, <laughs> right. really. Because the truth is, is like then it could go to maybe like a Salvation Army or yeah. something like that. Which I don't know. They might go through their own process right. too of then doing that. But for me. Um, if we get things like that, we then might take it to like a Salvation Army or Goodwill, right? Um, and then they have to deal with it. It's kind right, of this like ongoing right. thing. Whereas, um, you know, you could just be like, you know what, this isn't really like an appropriate item to send, right. and you know, maybe you have a friend who will take it from you because exactly. it's used, but they know you. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. You have an actual relationship with people you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, I think about. <laughs> A couple of years ago, we I ran a drive, and um, it was for kids, mm-hmm. a, a drive for students, kids. And w- I received, like, I don't even know how many. I received probably about 30 encyclopedias. Wow. Delivered. Heavy. So heavy. from, But they were, like, from, like, 1999. Oh, no. And, you know, and... Here's the thing. I empathize. Like, I understand the thought process where you're like, you know what? This People can use mm-hmm. books. However, if this specific drive was for toys for children, the used encyclopedias in this instance... It's not a toy. It doesn't align. <laughs> right. It, <laughs> it doesn't align. Not a toy. Because then, no, because then, like, I had to find where this right, could even go. And it. so, you know, so it's a, it's a whole thing. So... Yeah. Um, one of the things that I... That has come up for me a lot in my work is... Um, Trying to parse out for folks that team building and volunteering are not necessarily the same mm, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes up a lot. I think there's um, especially a lot of companies and groups that look at a volunteer opportunity as a way to do team building, sure. which I think it can be a result sure. of it. Sure. Um, but particularly if you're working with people, if your volunteering is with other people, Um, the focus really should be on the people that you are volunteering with, not how the team building activity is set up for your team. I think if you want to do team building, you know, there might be like a gardening situation. You could go to Chelsea Piers, like, or maybe there's like a mural painting type thing where where it really is about like you and your team bonding and doing this activity. Um, but if you want to volunteer with people, that Mm -hmm. really has to be the focus because they're people who are like... One, they're just they're people, but also um, you're there to provide some type of service, whether it's skills things or it's mentoring or whatever it is, and like that has to be the number one thing. Like that should that has to be why you're there, right? And if you are able to also like build team cohesion while doing it, that's great, right? Right. I don't know. I feel I pretty like 
that's something that I feel pretty strongly about. Yeah. Um, that I, I, you know, again, it's not necessarily an intention thing. I think that it's like, oh, look, we can volunteer and we can team build. Yeah. Um, so I get the idea behind that. And, um, you know, I think like a ropes course might be more right. appropriate <laughs> right. if you're trying to team yeah. build. Yeah, because I get it, right? It's like it's like if, if we're getting together, it's like large group of people mm-hmm. who can like act theoretically have a ton of impact at one time mm-hmm. why not give back to the community totally. so i see that the theoretically i see it mm-hmm. but to your point if you are engaging with people specifically with people in, with people of like an underserved population it's very important to let those people be the focus yes. um and if if afterwards you you feel good about it you want to you know you're you feel like you bonded with your team member while connecting with other people mm-hmm. that you are serving, that is fantastic, but that you have to keep those folks in the forefront. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Uh, it's a really good point that makes me think about something else too. Of and I know this is kind of like touchy. However, it costs money. Yes, it does to put together events, even if they're volunteer events. Like, oh, yeah. like think about it like this. Like for any event, when you think about event planning. The first thing you ask is, what is the budget? Mm-hmm. Any, like, outside of volunteer. Like, mm-hmm. let's not even think about CSR. Let's not even think about community engagement work. Anytime you are planning an event, there's a budget attached, mm-hmm. period, right? So I guess what makes that different when you add in the community service aspect of it? Right. Um, that's one thing that I always, not always, but I, I frequently have to kind of remind people, and not even just, like, I'm not even talking about just corporate groups or corporate people that want to volunteer. Sometimes, like, friends and stuff will, like, ask me, hey, where should I spend my time or what should I do this? So I reached out to this place, and they mm-hmm. said they needed $500 for this. Mm-hmm. And the nonprofit organizations, they still have light bills, mm-hmm. right? If you're supporting a kitchen, they still got to pay for gas <laughs> and pay for mm-hmm. supplies and pay for, pay for plates and trays and everything. Uh, staff mm-hmm. is an important piece. Big piece. <laughs> so... Um, that's another thing to keep in mind when you're looking for ways to support folks around you and, and organizations around you. Going back to when we first started about how it may not align with what you're looking for, and that's okay. So when you reach out to individually or if you're reaching out mm-hmm. for a group to see how you can support them and they come back and they say, hey, mm-hmm. well, you know, there's a cost attached to this. Just remember, even if you don't have supplies, there's still a cost. It still costs something mm-hmm. to host you, to engage with you, to have you there. So just just keep that in mind and don't take it personally or, or feel some kind of way when, when you when you encounter that. Right. I mean, like the hot take on this is that nonprofits and nonprofit staff um, exist to serve the participants and the clients. Right. That is the main goal. And yeah. so like if it costs money to do these activities because when um, – staff are spending time on that they're not spending time on other things yes right and I think it's it's an interesting um you know I don't know like why this is but it's an interesting thing that in quote-unquote business Mm -hmm. there's a very clear understanding that time is money I mean it's like not a question yeah but for some reason when it comes to nonprofits, um there isn't that clear understanding that when people's time which which Hot take, nonprofits are businesses. I was just about to say, (laughs) which let's back up. Yes, they're nonprofits, meaning they're not, quote unquote, profiting Mm -hmm. for profit. But they're still businesses. They're businesses. (laughs) They have to pay their staff. Yes. They have to not only just pay their staff, but they have to pay, um, you know, overhead for things, which... 
that could be a whole episode in itself of what yeah. overhead is. But like the TLDR on overhead is that like we are not having fancy corporate lunches. We're talking about toilet paper. We're talking about paper towels. Legit. We're talking Silverware. about like the, the super basic things that offices and program sites need to function. Um, you know, this is not like uh, overhead is paying for fancy dinner. In most cases, you yeah, you know, sure. I think what's unfortunate is that there's always like one or two nonprofits that end up in the news because yeah, they yeah. were like going on fancy retreats yeah, and sure, stuff. But like yeah. the vast majority of them, that is not the case. Um, so I think just like I think if we reframe it as like nonprofits are also businesses, businesses and are trying to figure out how to meet a lot of needs. Um, I think that makes it a little more clear why there is this financial yeah. piece that's often tied to it. Yeah. Um, because they're spending time on whether it's you as an individual or you as a group. Um, you know, like ideally you're showing up for your volunteer activity and things are there for you and they're ready yeah. and they didn't come from nowhere. Yeah, Someone right, did it. Right, right, right. <laughs> it wasn't like only donations based. Yeah. You know, and listen, there are some nonprofits who they rely on volunteer support yes. to function. Like some of the food pantries around the city and some of the meal service opportunities mm-hmm. around the city who serve different clients. Yes. Listen, they need volunteers. Otherwise, like they would be stretched in because they have like two staff members. Right. And I think like that's you'll often see if on their website, it'll say like a volunteer driven organization. Yeah. Volunteer driven means like they need you in exactly. order to do their daily operations. They rely on volunteers, but a lot of nonprofits do not. Volunteers are like a an added value. Right. So, like, they right. have, they're fully staffed. They have all of the pe- their people in place. Um, but they definitely see the value of having volunteers come in and, and add in things that they're maybe not able to provide right. on a daily basis. Right, right. So, yeah, something just to keep in mind, you know. And if you don't, if you're not looking for something with a budget, if you don't have a budget, that's totally fine. But um, just keep that in mind when you're like, well, why do I need, why do I need to pay to do this? Right. Well, because someone has to be there to greet you and host you and have mm-hmm. something for you to do. And, mm-hmm. and so just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, like these are basically when you're looking to volunteer, whether individually or with a group, just think about how you fit in to the organization. Mm-hmm. Like if they tell you they need one thing, then that's what they need. And it's OK to kind of go back and forth and see, like, maybe there's some wiggle room. But um, just just remember that you are there to help. And mm-hmm. regardless of the reasons why you want to volunteer, maybe you just you woke up one day, you're like, you know what, I'm going to give back today. Or you're looking for mm-hmm. a team building experience mm-hmm. or you're looking for exposure for your kids, mm-hmm. like whatever it may be. Um, just just keep in mind that there are these like little uh, seemingly little things, but um, pretty big things that that make this experience work best for the both of you. Yeah. All right. I think that's our episode for today. We obviously can take any questions about this or comments, thoughts. We could do a follow-up episode with Q&A. There's a lot we could do with it. So let us know what you want to know. We're here to answer your questions about volunteering. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is our work. This is our day-to-day work. We kind of just, like, quickly touched on a few things that we think uh, are top of mind for us. But if there's something you think we missed or if maybe you have a question about uh, volunteering that maybe came up for you while you heard us today, just let us know. Slide into our DMs uh, or email us at community.pod. That's C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-E-A. Dot pod. At Gmail. At, okay, yeah, at Gmail or on <laughs> <laughs> or on Instagram. All right, that's all for this week. Thanks. Bye.